When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody and welcome back to Complex to Queens, the Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Anderson. How's everyone doing? Doing pretty well. How are you doing? I had COVID this week. Oh, nice. That was. How did that uh, go for you? Uh, well, but luckily I'm vaccinated. Everyone get vaccinated if you're not already. Um. Just felt like a really, really, really bad cold. Um, I also have crummy sinuses to start with, so that doesn't help matters. Mm. Oh, jeez. What if you caught it from Thomas via podcast? <laughs> yep. The new virus. This is the oh, new COVID shit. strain. It's transmitted via the Internet. We're all fucked. <laughs> right. Uh, we might be, but good thing our listeners are not, because no one is listening. Except uh-huh. for Ringo. Uh-huh. Shout out, Ringo. All right, so promote, extend, trade. It's actually kind of related to Ringo. But on this date, back in 1956, Elvis performed on the Milton Berle show. And he caused uh, quite an uproar when he was doing a performance of his song, Hound Dog. Because his dance was... Um, his dance was very scandalous at the time, and a lot of pearls. Suggestive, got even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So, what shocking musical performances will we promote extend trade here? First, we have, I feel like the most obvious one, Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then we have Sinead O'Connor on Saturday Night, Night Live and Millie Vanilli at their Club MTV concert. I'm going to admit. Vanilli post on the, on, on the podcast, but here we are. Listen, this is, you know, you get a little bit of everything. I am now the one who doesn't know what is happening, because I don't know either of those second two things. I don't think I know them either. Oh, no. okay. Well, Millie Vanilli was like, uh... I know who they are. I just Okay, don't... yeah, well, basically, they, they, uh, were doing a concert, and something got screwed up with, like, the, the recording and whatever, but it ended up being revealed that they were not actually singing any of the music that they were doing. They were just two guys that were picked because they looked good, and the actual singers are some other people. Huh. On any of their songs. On their recorded songs and their live performances, everything. Oh, yeah. oh wow. So it wasn't just like lip syncing at a concert. It was literally the no, entire like, thing was a yeah. sham. Right. The entire thing was just a complete sham. Huh. And one of the guys, I think, killed himself after like after the fact. Because, Jeez. Okay. Well, that yeah. took a dark turn. Yeah, yeah. And then Sydney and O'Connor, she was doing a performance on Saturday Night Live, and like towards the end of it, she took out a picture of the Pope, and she just ripped it in half, and to protest, like you know, the rampant sexual abuse that was going on. And this was in the like the early '90s. I'm pretty sure it was the early '90s, not the '80s, but way before like it became a thing in the news, so she got, like, her, her career basically got destroyed because of that. That's honestly pretty based. I'm going to extend that one. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. extend that. I agree. Good job, person I've never heard of before now, because I don't know anything about music. Modern Millie music. Vanilli could get traded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't, exactly, they didn't do anything. Well, that's yeah. why you don't know Sinead O'Connor, because, again, like, her career just got destroyed and smashed because she had the telemetry to uh, say something political. And, like, I mean, the next I, I, week, the next week, like, Joe Piscopo or Joe Pesci or somebody like that, like, challenged her to a fight or something, which is hilarious. How Italian. Yep. You challenged the Pope. Uh. It is a not that our modern media economy is uh, uh, perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but such an act today would be much more accepted. So maybe there is some sort of progress. Yeah, that is true. This has been the one optimistic thing I'll say for the next three months. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess maybe a little bit more optimistic stuff is our 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 way too early draft uh, players of interest. Uh, You know, there's roughly a month left between now and the 2022 draft. Majority of the college players and high school players, they're done. But we do have a a handful of guys playing, and some of them had pretty good weeks. So, you know, Virginia Tech's Gavin Cross, Texas Tech's Jace Jung, and St. Mary Prep's Brock Porter, they all played. So how did those guys do, fellas? Oh, Gavin Cross had a had a hell of a time oh, in his yeah. in his um NCAA tournament debut. He went five for six with a home run and five RBIs. So <laughs> I think that'll play. Um, again, were they playing? 
I should know. Right okay. state. Right yeah, okay. state. So it's not like they're playing anyone crazy. But still, like, it's a tournament game. It's your first tournament game because Virginia Tech is not a known baseball school. And mm-hmm. uh, to do that is pretty impressive in your – basically your – playoff debut for lack of a better way to put it like to put it in major league terms so I mean, they won 59 because college baseball is hilarious <laughs> even if it's just a regular game going five to six is still an impressive mm. accomplishment yep. he had a two-run home run in his first at bat so good good uh, I'll follow up with Brock Porter, I guess, to make a sandwich here of the high schooler. Uh, Porter had probably his worst start of the season on yesterday, Saturday. Um, came into the game having allowed three hits in 42 innings and gave up four hits in four and two-thirds innings. Uh, still struck out eight, walked three, uh, really just very obviously didn't have it, and still... You know, struck out eight dudes. So yeah, look, Ron, Ron Darling has talked about this, right? Like when you're a pitcher, third of the time you have your good stuff, third of the time you got okay stuff, and the third time you got crap. And I don't know exactly how those ratios, how accurate those are, but there's some variance in day to day. And he had a bad day. Listen, if four plus innings of one run ball with eight strikeouts is a bad day for him, then that's, you know, mm-hmm. not too bad. And finally, uh, Jace Jung, how was his week? Uh, so he played in three games, went three for ten, no extra base hits, two walks, and four Ks. So not a great week, but fine, I guess. Um, and is currently hitting 340, 490, 628. That's a uh, 1,118 OPS in 215 at-bats across 59 games with 14 homers, a triple, and 18 doubles. A 1,118 OPS. Is that good? Will that play? That is good, but it is not as good. Mm. <laughs> as, um, That's true. It could be 1,100. a week ago. <laughs> it could be 1,119, so there is room to improve. Yes. And uh, 59 walks against 40 strikeouts. Never never settle. Never no. settle. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, because the draft is basically right around the corner, we have some more mock drafts to discuss. One care of Kylie McDaniel from ESPN and one from the good people at Baseball America. So we'll talk about Kylie's first. And he has the Mets selecting either Jet Williams or Justin Crawford at 11. And Daniel... Susak, catcher, at 14. And he says that the Mets are interested in cutting a deal with their 11th pick, which is why they're interested in, you know, either one of those two players and then using whatever they save elsewhere. Uh, Slot value for the 11th pick this year is basically $4.8 million. So it's not really like, you know, neither one of those guys going at 11, it's not completely outlandish. It's a little bit high, but, you know, not outlandish. So whatever savings they do pick, you know, maybe a few hundred thousand dollars, not like millions and millions or anything like that. The only problem with this in his mock is that at pick number 12, he has Jace Jung. Yeah, Yeah. I mean. If Jace Jung is on the board at 11, 
The Mets do not take him. They just galaxy braining it at that point. What, what, what yeah, that's what, what I'm. That's what I'm worried about is that they try to get fancy and mess around and try to make deals or something with their draft pool and and skip over guys that are good right now and you know uh, not not good basically. Uh, Jace Chung could realistically be a very fast-moving, high-level hitting prospect. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, who could hit bats left-handed and plays on the dirt, either at second or third. And even if, like, worst-case scenario, he's not a major league defender, like, we have the DH now. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. really want to take a DH at 11. That would feel bad. But right. it's a fallback that you have now. You don't <clears> – <throat> if this was four years ago, then you could be like, well, if he can't – field, then it's a problem because we have Alonzo. You know what I mean? But they don't Mm -hmm. don't have that problem right now anymore, you know? And it's not a situation where, like, far, far down in later rounds, you say, okay, well, who is the best guy still on the board? And there's a lot of variance based on, you know, your your team's opinions, different evaluators' opinions, whatever. He is universally a top-tier player in this draft, so... Skipping over him, like you said before, that's Galaxy Brain. And but also, yeah. I feel like he's not even going to be there. Like I know, like Kylie is pretty well in, yeah, uh, is pretty well um, honed in on this stuff. And weird stuff happens with college bats sometimes. But I feel like someone takes him before eleven, just as like a pure, hey, he shouldn't be here. Right, like, right, right. You know, like at eight or nine, like a team, I could see a team just being like, he, he's four on our board. You know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of um, blowing it up, but yeah. Um, so just just quick background of those other two guys, oh, the three guys, excuse me, since they haven't really come up at all. Um, Williams is a shortstop and a center fielder who goes to Rockwell Heath High School in Rockwell, Texas. He's a commitment to MSU. And Crawford is a center fielder that goes to Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, and he has a commitment to LSU. And he That's is the Paul son. Crawford's. Yeah, you're. you're yes. Yeah. He's the son of, of uh, Jose Reyes' detractor, Carl Crawford. We're fucking and old. I know. It makes me pretty depressed about my age that Carl Crawford has a son who is basically going to start playing. Uh, uh, Williams probably has, of those two guys, the higher ceiling, and Crawford mm-hmm. has like the higher floor. You know, Williams is, is a better hitter and should probably grow into more power, whereas Crawford is a lot like his dad. He's very fast. He's going to be a better... Uh, Center fielder. So, yeah, and then another guy who is uh, Daniel Susak, not to bury the lead because he's a pretty good player. Uh, he is Andrew Susak's little brother, and Andrew Susak was a backup catcher. Played for uh, San Francisco, Milwaukee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh for a couple of seasons in the mid 2010s. He plays at the University of Arizona, and he's currently hitting 365, 430. 592, 19 doubles, 2 triples, and 12 homers. He has a defensive chops to stay a catcher long-term. He, his ability to hit for average is kind of split evaluators, but nobody doubts that he has a shit ton of power. So him at 14, I would not mind if he makes it down to 14. I wouldn't even mind Susak at 11 if that's how it shakes out, but I like Susak yeah, same, a little same. bit more. Yeah, I'd be fine with – that's kind of – it's kind of boring because it's like a – 
college catcher who hits for power. It's kind of like a profile you see a lot, but also, I mean, catchers are weird and you need more than one and just take the guy who hits for power, you know? Yep, agreed. Like, best case scenario, you have a tandem with him and Alvarez and it's you don't need a catcher for years, like in, in either backup or starting, so... That would be that would be a change. Having a long term catching situation with the Mets. Hmm. Alright, and now Baseball America's mock draft. They had Gavin Cross at eleven and Brock Porter at fourteen. Um they do admit though that there are no whispers connecting the Mets to these players and that it's just how their draft board worked out with the Mets having, you know, the financial flexibility and whatever to afford whatever top players still undrafted and then, you know, mitigate some of the risk of taking a high school pitcher. But I would not be, you know, I would not be disappointed with Cross at 11 and Porter at 14. That'd be fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, I mean, that probably would be the most optimum situation happening really one one interesting thing and i tweeted about this actually and the prospect's dad liked the tweet so come on the pod i guess <laughs> um yeah i was not expecting that interaction uh but it's it's interesting that noah schultz who we've talked about as the randy johnson clone from illinois i think uh in high school from illinois has seemed to fall, seemingly fallen out of that first-round conversation. Now, who knows if this is because he has a really strong commitment or if the talent evaluation is just lower, but the choice is between Porter at slot and Schultz at a cut to save some money and use that money later. I would heavily think about rolling the dice on Schultz there, but uh, who knows what the actual uh, behind-the-scenes situation is there. Well, I mean, we'll find out in a, a month or so. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we will move on to how the Mets did this week. And thankfully, all the games uh, were afternoon games on Sunday, so this is everything is, is up to date completely here. So first up are the Syracuse Mets, and they played the Worcester Red Sox this week, and they split the series 3-3. Three and three. So Syracuse is 18 and 34, which is dead last in the International League East. It is dead last in the International League period. And if you want to throw in the PCL, they are dead last in all AAA baseball. So good job, Syracuse Mets. Great. Next, we have the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, and they played the Somerset Patriots, and they also split the series 3 3. So that leaves them at a marginally better than Syracuse, 19-31. and 31. Like Syracuse, though, that's good for dead last in the division. But they are not the worst in the entire Eastern League. They're second worst. So thank you, Bowie Bay Sox, for that. Keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> Damn, at least the Mets are good. Like, okay. the Orioles <laughs> the Orioles suck, and their double-A team is the worst team in the league. Must be rough. And they just lost more. Grayson Rodriguez on top of it. Yeah, for like the yep. year, right? Yep. Must be really tough being an uh, being an Orioles fan. 
Brooklyn now, the Cyclones, they played the Jersey Shore Blue Claws in one of the most boring series I've gone to. And they split it also 3-3. And they are 22-26 and on the year, which is 11 games behind the Aberdeen Ironbirds for first place in the South Atlantic League North. Aberdeen is, I think, the Orioles team, so... I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, at least they have one team that's doing good in their system. Um... But yeah, like that was really boring series. I and went Brooklyn to the. T- it's just so bad. Yeah, I know. It's like nobody interesting is on Brooklyn. Nobody interesting is on Jersey Shore. Literally on the Tuesday night game, I didn't realize that Nick Zwack, the pitcher, had been taken out like two or three innings earlier. Um, and and Nick Zwack is a left-hander, and the guy that they put in Rojas is a right-hander. So I really didn't even realize that the handedness of the pitcher changed. It was just like zoned out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very. Uh, Roster in transition. Go ahead. Mm. Nick Swack, the most lefty name ever. <laughs> I think it is. It's got to be up there. Yeah. And then it rained, so the rain delay – well, not, not rain delay, but the rain screwed up my schedule. I didn't get to see some of the guys I really wanted to see, but I did get to see Mike Vazel, and I came away very underwhelmed, which is a little concerning. Um, his fastball gave up a lot of loud contact. He was – Basically, he basically abandoned it after the first inning, was throwing almost exclusively breaking balls. And his command of those breaking balls was spotty at best, so he was basically effectively wild with it. And he's definitely a guy that you'd want to see performing better against a team like Lakewood, where they're, you know, last place and also don't have particularly great players. He's a college pitcher. You know, he was never, like, a star or nothing like that, but there is potential in there. And, you know, he was solid in St. Lucie. So for him to be kind of not bad in a couple of stars with Brooklyn now, but, like, struggling a bit is is not what we would have wanted to see when he was promoted. Definitely small sample size, though. So, I mean, he could go on a roll now. Hopefully he does. Um, and lastly, thank God, St. Lucie, they played the Daytona, Daytona Tortugas. They went perfect 5-0 and this week. One of the games got out right canceled because of the rain and everything like that that's going on in Florida. So 5-0, and and that leaves them at 34-16 and on the year. And the other teams in the Florida State League East, they've kind of been scuffling a little bit. So this hot streak has given St. Lucie an even bigger lead that they had um, coming into the week. They are seven and a half games ahead of Jupiter Hammerheads, uh, 13 and a half games ahead of the Palm Beach Cardinals, and 15 games ahead of the Tortugas. The only other team in the league that's basically keeping pace with St. Lucie right now are the Fort Myer Miracle in the West Division. They are uh, 33 and 16, so they are a half game behind St. Lucie. Not in the standings, but just you know overall uh, win totals. So for the time being, St. Lucie has the best record in the league, so it's good. Means uh, the Mets will be bad for the next three years, but good in the fourth. <laughs> That's how these leagues work, right? Yeah. Well. Not if they have a good draft, which is why them playing games is not something I want to see this year. Because, you know, with the Mets being good and everything like that, they're not going to be picking at 11 and or 14 
next year, unless something dreadfully goes wrong, which actually I shouldn't. I don't want to jinx anything. That is a possibility, I guess. Yeah, anything's possible, but the yes, likelihood is that they'll be picking late in the first round for the next little bit. Yep. And realistically, they're going to start, uh, if they spend what they should, they're going to start slipping 10 spots down the board every year, too. But that's not that there's a problem with that, but you have to capitalize on the draft capital you have while you have it. Yeah, right, exactly. That's a very good way of putting it. And this is the last year they're probably going to have. This is the, the most capital they have in a while, so let's take advantage. Yeah, it's hard to get this much capital unless mm-hmm. you like lose a bunch of players and get a bunch of comp picks, but even then. Or screw up in the previous year's draft. Which, yeah, exactly, which they did. So. Did seems to kind of happen. Uh, I guess we could mention Kumar Rocker. He did make a start in the Atlantic League, and he looked pretty decent. So... <sighs> That's all I have to say about that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So the month of May came and went. And that means that we are going to grade the Mets' top prospects now. Very simple. Um, stock up, stock down, or holding based on how they did this month. And, you know, how they're doing uh, on year to date. So, we'll start off. Number one, Francisco Alvarez. Uh, in the month of May, he hit 277, 348. 436 in 25 games with four doubles, no triples, four homers, 11 walks, and 26 strikeouts in double A. And on the season, he is hitting 275, 347, 503 in 43 games with 11 doubles, no triples, nine home runs. And I think he actually added to that today. So I think he has 10 home runs now. Uh, 18 walks and 50 strikeouts all in double A. So stock up, stock down, or stock holding? Only holding because it was already so high. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to go up. Like, he basically had to go from 10th best prospect in baseball to best prospect in baseball, and he hasn't done enough to do that, which is fine. Still a 
top ten prospect in baseball. Yeah, like I'm not worried about him <laughs> if that's no. where we're going with this. But fair. All right, he's uh, also two, 19 in Double A or 20. So yeah, yep. Two holdings. I'm gonna give him an up just because he started the month so poorly and then just kind of got things back on track. So that's an up for me. Same. Again, uh, no. Same for the largely the same reason. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So two ups and two holdings. Next up is Brett Beatty, and in the month of May he hit two oh six, three twenty five, three fifty three in eighteen games. He did have a stint on the disabled list towards the end of the month, and he had four doubles, no triples, two homers in that time span, twelve walks, twenty five strikeouts, and one unsuccessful stolen base attempt. Why he did that, I don't know, but why not? So on the season now, he is hitting 257, 353, 412 in 37 games with 12 doubles, no triples, three homers, 18 walks, 49 strikeouts, and that one unsuccessful stolen base attempt. I'm going to have to give him a, a stock down here, guys. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And it's not like I'm worried about, like, I don't want to say, like, stock down, like, trade him at the deadline or whatever. Like, I'm not worried about him, but... He's not having the best year, and it would have been nice to him for him to take a step forward instead because there's a very obvious hole in the Mets lineup at DH right now. And it would have been nice if he could have filled it, but it, unless he goes on a tear, he's just going to be in the minors all year, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucas, what were you giving him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I remain concerned with the bad ball mix. I think I was already slightly lower in the first place, but yeah, stock down. Okay. And Ken, you said you said down too? Yeah. Okay, so unanimous down then. All right, Ryan Mauricio now. In the month of May, he is hitting two thirty five, two sixty two, four thirty one in twenty four games with six doubles, one triple, four home runs, three walks, twenty six strikeouts and three out of four stolen bases, all in double A. And on the season, he is hitting 253, 283, 455 in 43 games with 13 doubles, one triple, seven homers, and he actually hit two more today, so it would be nine homers, six walks, 46 strikeouts, and seven out of ten stolen bases. Six to 46, Jesus. Yeah, I'm... Really, I really just don't know what to make of Mauricio still. So I'm going to have to give him a hold in here because he just, I don't know. On a purely looking at the numbers rate, he has more extra base hits than Beatty and Alvarez. He has the speed. You know, the defense at shortstop is good at worst. He just can't hit the broadside of a barn. It's like. He just makes bad decisions. Yeah, like, it's like he'll swing. And, it's a long swing, and I don't know why he's swinging sometimes, but there he is. I don't think he and, knows why he's swinging sometimes. <laughs> and like you could, at some time, at some points, get away with that in the minors because he's probably better than some random double A arm. But when once once he gets to the majors, it's going to be a huge problem for him. Like even the most average major league pitcher would, oh yeah, exploit all that. So. That's a guy they should trade at the deadline, and if they do, he, it's going to get back something way less than people think, and it's going to be a whole thing. But because mm-hmm. I, mean, I just don't, I I don't know what 
team in 2022 is going to be like super high on this profile with the way it's gone so far. And he's a top prospect in baseball because of the production, but also looking at it, it's very, it's very easy to see how this will not be productive if it keeps going like this. Of course, things could change and you could fix a guy, but. Mm -hmm. Lucas brings up Ahmed Rosario all the time and it's like, you see it more and more. You need to find a team that is not model heavy, which is rare at this point. Maybe the Royals come to mind as a team that might be willing to gamble on this profile more than others. Um, I don't know what you're trading for from the Royals exactly. Relievers uh, or something. Like, it's not going to be something exciting. No, no. Because not. I think whoever, whoever like, does take a gamble on him is going to be like, well, we're not going to give up a ton. Like, you're not going to get the best mm-hmm. bat at the deadline for him either, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so I was holding because I just don't know. What are you guys doing? Holding. Same. It's a cop-out, but, like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Like, Even down, just, yeah. Like, the more I see, like, watch him play and stuff, the more I don't think it's going to work. So. That, that's the thing. It's like I feel it's like one. My heart is saying one thing, and my head is saying another. That which is why I'm just like I don't know. My head I mean, says, yes. "Come on, man," but my heart says, "Come on, man." You know. Oh, I don't want him to be bad or anything. It's just. No, I know, I know. I just I can't, I can't like get it through yet. That like, come on, he's not really working out. Yeah. But again, I know well, as as mentioned though, he is super young, and I don't know. It's a big circle because I started this out with I don't know and I'm ending I, I don't know. Um, next up, number four, Mark Vientos. And in the month of May, he hit 328, 408, 642 in 18 games with three doubles, no triples, six home runs, eight walks, and 25 strikeouts at the AAA level. And for his season now, he's hitting 250, 335. 471 in 39 games with seven doubles, one triple, seven homers, 16 walks, uh, 48 strikeouts, and two unsuccessful stolen bases attempts. And he was just put on the disabled list today. So um, that's a big up for me. Yeah, he's another guy who I don't know if it's going to work, but also he's hitting, so up. He's hitting in a sustainable shape, unlike Mauricio, who's kind of hitting in a totally unsustainable shape. All right, so unanimous ups. Yes. All right, number five, Matthew Allen. He is still injured, so hope he does good in his uh, getting uninjured situation. Number six is JT Ginn, and obviously he was traded and he isn't here no more, but for what it's worth, he is currently assigned to the Midland Rockhounds, which is Oakland's double-A team, and he has a 648 ERA in 16.2 innings. He's been battling some injuries. He was put on the disabled list in May, in early May. He returned mid-May and then was put back after making one short two-inning start. And A's minor league Twitter is apparently not really a thing. So I couldn't find anything there. Their official site doesn't even have game recaps, so I couldn't find anything there. 
and I'm in the dark as to what is going on with JT Gant. But what a steal, man! Yeah, good trade. Definitely good trade. All right, next up is number seven, Khalil Lee. And in the month of May, he hit 247, 351, 432 in 22 games, 14 of them in AAA and eight of them in single A. And he hit seven doubles, he hit one triple, and he had two homers. Uh, walked nine times, struck out 29 times, and he stole four out of seven bases. So on the season, he is currently hitting 218, 339, 373. In 40 games, with 11 doubles, one triple, three homers, 19 walks, 56 strikeouts, and nine out of 13 stolen bases. It's got to be stock up just because he was so bad in April, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His April was like hilariously catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, it's it still wasn't great, but. It's it's an improvement. I wonder what's going on with him. I don't know. Maybe at the end of the season or something, we'll we'll find out. But what a weird season he's having. All right, now next up is number eight, Nick Plummer. So, can someone take over for me here? Yes, Nick Plummer. Uh, oops, I have the wrong Sublime Text window open. Here we go. Nick Plummer in uh, AAA in May hit 265, 308, 551. That's a 122 weighted. 52 plate appearances, three home runs. Um, he has a 258 weighted in the major so far. Uh, Sustainable. That ball, that first home run he hit off Corey Knable, I'm not sure that ball is in existence anymore. He hit it so hard. Might be good. Here's so, open. Uh, big stock up for Nick Plummer, which I'm going to take as a win because I said I wanted to put both these outfielders ahead of Mauricio start of the season and did, resisted doing it. And I was very wrong on Lee, it seems. But Plummer might be exactly what the Mets bench needs right now. Yeah. Definite stock up for me. I mean, he I mean, he, he got promoted to major league, so that's like an automatic stock up. But mm-hmm. he is... He is making quite an impact while doing so, so it's an even bigger stuck-up. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if we don't see him in Syracuse much again because Jankowski's out for a while, and if Plummer, obviously he's not going to be a 250-weighted guy, but if he's like a good hitter or at least an average hitter, then he's a better player than Jankowski is, you know, Mm -hmm. then you could just keep him in the majors. And you can even you can have both of those on your bench. It's not a bad thing to have a deeper bench than usual. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, stock up for Plummer. Uh Hayden Sanger. Uh two fifty, three fifty one, three seventy five as a seven twenty six OPS, which is six percent better than league average. This was all in double A. Actually, hold um, on. Let's sorry, let's do it in order. Oh whoops, I assumed I had the next group. My yeah, bad. No. Sorry, sorry. So Number eight was Nick Plummer. Number nine, Alexander Ramirez. Who has him? I believe that was me. One sec. Uh, so Ramirez in May had a bit of a down month. Not terribly bad, but, you know, uh, not as good. Uh, he hit... Sorry, I have way too many tabs open. Oh, you're a tabs guy? 
Yeah, I struggled a bit with this, how to how to do this efficiently. All right. Yeah, I just have... Hit um, 302, 327, 462 with a 3.5% walk rate and a 24.8% K rate with three homers, two doubles, and four triples in 113 plate appearances across 25 games in May, uh, which is down a little bit from his season line. Which is uh, 296, 325, 470. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that was the May split. <laughs> okay. This is fascinating radio. <laughs> sorry, I knew this was going to happen too. <laughs> Twice. Never use tabs, my friend. I know. Hate tabs. Okay, he's hitting 312, 350, 473, with a 4.5% walk rate and a 21.5% K rate across the entire season, with three homers, uh, five triples, 11 doubles, and 200 plate appearances across 44 games total. So not quite as good as his, his season total. It's like um, 134 WRC plus on the season and like 120 or so in May. Yeah, his May is a hold for me. Yep. Still yeah, fine, okay. just not as, as good, you know. Exactly, exactly. It is a little bit worse statistically, sure, but not enough to say like, oh, yeah, down. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, number 10, Jalen Palmer. Oh, Jalen Palmer. Um, uh, I know. He has had... Okay, so the, <laughs> a few of my guys, I'm going to have to say both months, because both April and May to like kind of give paint a picture. In April, in 53 paid, plate appearances, he hit 114, 264, 159. In May, in 76 plate appearances, he hit 212, 316, 424. So, like, that's marketedly better across the board. But it's not good. <laughs> like, no, it's just, it's one of those where, like, I think at this point we could just kind of, I don't want to assume the guy can't hit because he's only, like, I don't even know how old he is at this point, 21. But <sighs> he probably can't hit. Like, it's probably just, he, unless he makes a major change, this is what it's going to be. He's repeating the level. He's struggling at the level that he repeated. In 12 plate appearances in June, he is hitting 091. Like, it's just, it might be what it is for him at this point. He reminds me, uh, everything really about him actually reminds me of, of Mauricio. They're both physically very similar. Their swings are both long, very similar. I mean, Palmer actually has a pretty solid, like, eye at the plate. Like, he doesn't, he, he is, he, he will lay off of bad pitches, but. I think once he just starts swinging, it's just like he's just going to swing and you can't fix anything. So if something looks like, you know, if it looks like a fastball out of the hand and it turns out it's it's not, he's just done for. So Yeah, it's just it's it's a struggle for him. He just doesn't make contact. Like Yeah. And you can even see it like I've gone to see him a few times cuz he's been in Brooklyn and like 
you could see the contact issues are just all over the place in his at bats, and he hits the ball on the ground a lot. And like, it's, I don't know, it's a lot of weird stuff with him, and I just don't know if the package is gonna, like the rest of the stuff is there. Like he play defense, he could run, like he could do the other things. If he could hit a little bit, then he would probably be fine. But he's not, so. Yeah, so like he's, he's also, I think, pretty obviously over the last two seasons tried to shorten up his swing as well to make more contact. He's still not making contact and just also just has no more quality of contact either. Yeah, so. exactly. It doesn't go anywhere. And also, like, he has legitimately this season, he hit two doubles in April. Oh, no, he hit, yeah. He hit two doubles in April, two doubles in May, and four home runs in May. That's it. That's all of his extra base hits. Like, it, the ball doesn't go anywhere either. And adding that, like you said, the, like not being able to make contact anyway, it's not like you're shortening up to hit 300 and not have go anywhere because that could play. Like, look at Luis Guillorme. He doesn't hit for any power at all, and he's a major league hitter. Obviously, that's like probably an outlier case at this point, but still. I don't know. It just sucks. It sucks because you could you could see, like, the – the secondary skills, not secondary, but the other skills that he has on a baseball diamond, but if you can't hit, you can't hit. And yeah. And the one redeeming thing, I guess, is that he's from a Northeast. He's from the Northeast. He got screwed with COVID. He's still kind of young. He, he is very young baseball developmentally, and he is also kind of young just in general. So... Maybe there's time. There's still time. Maybe. Oh, well, I'm not saying go go cut him or release him. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I know. I'm just saying that. I'm not know, ranking maybe, him next year either. You know, <laughs> like maybe all's not lost here. Who knows? Of course. If he wants to be a post hype utility guy, then cool with me. But. Yep. All right, now number eleven, Hayden Sanger. Right, Hayden Sanger has a was six percent better than league average with the bat in Double A. Struck out way too much, just 32.4% strikeout rate. Um, but defense still looks um, quite good. Still on track to be basically the, uh, well, it'd be nice to say that the new Thomas Nito, but Thomas Nito has been so good defensively that that's now almost an unfair comp to slap on Sanger. Like Nito is arguably the best defensive catcher in baseball. Um, yeah, Nito's so Sang- yeah, Nito's really, really good defensively. Um, Sanger is still on track to be in that mold, but I'm not. We can't project his defense to reach that level. He's in AAA. hasn't done anything yet there. It's been like two games and he hasn't hit. I don't care. Um, pretty much a hold on on this front. I think I, I'll I, give him a stock up just because his April was pretty not great. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm giving him a stock down, and I have a reason why. Oh, interesting. Go I on. think he got lapped in the organizational catcher depth chart. So By Nick Mayer? For some reason, he started as Alvarez's backup in AA, Sanger. And mm-hmm. Mayer and Nick mm-hmm. Dini were in AAA. Like, mm-hmm. like, at that point, the organization doesn't think he's good. And maybe the Mets are wrong. Like, it's entirely possible that the Mets, because they don't self-scout well anyway, that the Mets are wrong here. But when you start, if, if you're... The 11th, right? 10th or 11th, we rated him. Best prospect in, ba- in, in in the system, not in baseball, in the system, and you're the backup catcher behind someone in double A, there's something going on. And for me, I know that he's in triple A now, but the only reason why he's in triple A now is because Mazika got called up. And 
he got called up to replace him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think if Maz- I think if Mazika got hurt, he Sanger is not the next guy up. Like Nick Dini traveled with them on the taxi squad, not Sanger. Oh, no, Dini, I think, is definitely the next because he also has major league experience prior. Of course, not he's a lot. Like an older but, guy, yeah. less important guy to like organizationally. No offense, Nick Dini, if you're listening, but like. I don't know. I think he got lapsed by Meyer and, and even, or Mayer, and Mazika still in the majors instead of him. Like, I just don't know what to think of it, regardless of his performance. I understand what you're saying. I don't think I totally agree, because I wa- absent Alvarez, I would have started Sanger in A anyway, and he was still getting basically a starting catcher's le- amount of at-bats. Like, they were DHing him. Alvarez was sitting twice a week or DH and DHing a day. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to have any super strong takes about Nick Mayer versus Hayden Sanger, but... Uh, they're pretty similar. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty... Uh, it's They're backup catcher molds, you know? Nick, mm-hmm. Nick Mayer has a good mustache, whereas Hayden Sanger doesn't. <laughs> so, I mean, if that is the difference maker, then so be it. Right. All right, well, we have one holding, one down, and one up. Ken, you are the difference maker here. Uh, So, Kelvin – oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to go with up. All right. Yeah. Hayden Sanger stock up. And now Kelvin Ziegler, number 12 prospect. (laughs) Uh, So, Ziegler started three games um, in May. He pitched to a 3.14 ERA. In 14.1 innings, uh, gave up five runs uh, earned, six runs total, walked nine, and struck out 22. I think that's going to be an up for me. 22 strikeouts in 14.1 innings. Definite up for me. Yeah. Yeah. He might be their best healthy pitching prospect. Yep. Yeah, um, doesn't have much competition there. And then uh, on the season, he started seven games, pitched to a 310 ERA, uh, having given up 10 runs, walked 18, and struck out 48 in 29 innings. Or 37 innings. No, 29 innings. I'm looking at the right call. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. And he was put on the disabled list like towards the end, of, like the middle of the end of the month. But he did come back, and he pitched today, and he did solid. So no linger effects from whatever the issue was, although it probably was not an actual issue. It was yeah, probably, probably load more management. Uh, yep, load management. All right, uh, number 13, Eric Orsi. Oh, that's me. Um Eric Orsi is also a tale of two months, and uh, in in April, in six games and seven point one innings, he had an eleven ERA, like eleven, not one point one, eleven. He gave up <laughs> he gave up five home runs and uh, nine earned runs in seven and point one innings, which is not what you want. But he's very much figured it out a little bit. Not oh, he's settled down quite a bit in May. He uh, threw twelve innings in May. He only gave up five earned runs and only one home run, which is the, the one of the bigger things you want to see. He struck out 19, which is up from 12 last month. 
uh, struck out 19 and 12 innings is nice. He's given up less than a hit in inning. Um, he's walked. The walks are still kind of a thing with three. It's down from four. So it's a 3.75 ERA is still not what you want, but it's a far cry. It's a far improvement from what it was in April. And honestly, if he keeps improving like this, he's going to be in the majors this year. He would have been in the majors already if he didn't totally implode in on himself in April. But like, yeah, I mean, definitely. Down, go ahead. Definitely would have been a toss up between him and Holderman. Yeah, but like, I, I I like Orzi and I think he's a major league caliber pitcher. Uh, but you can't promote him when he's when he's going through what he was going through in April. You just it's just really uh. The, the vibes are horrible for that. But him really figuring out the home run ball is nice. Knocking, take, Only giving up one in 12 innings last month is what you want to see. And, yeah, it's just nice to see that level of improvement because he was really bad in April, just giving up home runs all over the place. Well, I have some unfortunate news, unfortunately. He has one game in June, and he has given up one home run in the month of June so far today. So. Oh, he no, he already had a game in June. Oh, did he? Okay, well then... He was spoiler inning, so he struck out two. Well, then he has played in two games in June, and he has given up one home run now. So he gave up his home run for the month. All right, that's good. Let's hope. And he also got his first save, which I think is pretty crazy, that he didn't have any saves at all. Yeah, right. Um, That might be his first save. It was. Ever, this was. Right? Uh, hmm. No, he has five saves before that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm definitely giving him a stock up just because his April is so terrible. Oh, yeah, stock up. He's back on the on the radar for if guys get hurt, which is good for him. All right, number 14, Jake Mangum. Jake Mangum is a big stock up because he had a 156 way to run created plus in double A, got promoted, and has basically lit AAA on fire for two weeks. Um, hitting 366, 395, 488, that's a 139 way to run created plus in AAA. Now, that is with a 405 BABIP, and we expect Mangum to run a high BABIP, but not that high. Um, so this is going to regress. I don't think he's going to be an offensive superstar. The power is still. Let's call it middling. Um, but frankly, with his contact ability, speed, defense, there's uh, a chance he's on the, the major league roster by like July. And at the very least, he looks like a potential uh, uh, long term reserve outfielder, um, which is objectively a fantastic outcome for that pick. Um, so. He might really be something, and I think there's even a chance he's a little bit more than that. Not a very modern, friendly player, but uh, there's some skills there, and uh, I certainly underrated him, and, and perhaps the consensus was a little low as well. So stock up, if that wasn't clear. Yep, stock yep. definitely. Yep. I'm looking real quick. Hold on. I just want to see how this guy... Oh, damn. Okay. Well, can he be our Terrence Gore in the playoffs this year? I mean, maybe. I don't know that he has Terrence Gore's speed. No. Terrence Gore is like an Olympic-level sprinter. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Mets did this with Eric Young in 2015. He was on that. Mm -hmm. He was on the rock. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Realistically, I think that's probably a healthy Travis Jankowski fills that role. Um, Probably. You don't waste. Yeah. 
basically, like that's the kind of career path Mangum's on. I don't know that there's a strong chance he's better than Travis Jankowski in 2022, which is not to say he'll never be better than Travis Jankowski. I think there's a chance, decent chance he is, but at least for for now, I think that's Jankowski's role, assuming he comes back healthy from the uh, wrist injury, finger injury, whatever it was. Yeah. What a crazy career Gore's had. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so next up after number 14, Jake Mangum, is number 15, Adam Aller, who is uh, no longer with us. Yep. He was uh, traded to Oakland in the same trade that sent um, Chris Bassett to the Mets. He went 3-0 and in four games uh, this month, or May. He threw 19 innings, gave up three earned runs, six runs total, with 18 strikeouts against 13 walks. So that's almost is a strikeout in the majors. in the majors? Triple A. And then he also had I'm, one start in the majors that, that we won't speak of. Yeah, because I know he was getting uh, no bueno. lit up in the majors. So I'd probably, I'd probably go down. I mean, the ERA was really nice, 1.42. Uh, I guess up. It's a lot of walks, though. It's a lot of walks. It seems pretty superficial. And um, also, his his stock is unchanged if he's good in the minors because he was bad in the majors, you know? Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, I don't know how to parse that. We're going to have to do that later, but for one of our guys. He's not even on the team anymore, so I guess it doesn't really matter too much. Indifferent. Stock up. He got traded for Chris Bassett. Yeah, true, true. Chris Bassett's really good. All right, number 16, Dominic Hamill. Oh, that's me as well. Uh, Dominic Hamill, I just saw it. Um, He's been a little kind of disappointing so far this year. Um, He also had a very similar April and May, so we're going to get into that. But he's he's had five starts in May through uh, 22.1 innings, um, gave up 17 hits, gave up 12 earned runs, 13 runs total, 5 home runs, walked 13, struck out 23 to a 4.84 ERA in uh, St. Lucie. So he should be, he just should be better in St. Lucie. Like, um, for his age and the fact that he's out of Dallas Baptist, he's already 23. I'm not saying, like, it's a, it's only 8 starts in his major league, in his professional career. It's not the end of the world. But also... You kind of want that to be better. Like, just overall, it's a lot of 13, excuse me, 13 walks in 22 innings is a lot. 23 strikeouts in 22 innings is nice. Um, only five home runs, which is fine, like a home run to start, but it's even then, it's a little high. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of an okay pitcher in St. Lucie, and he should be better. He did have a very good start in June. He uh, had a quality start, gave up four hits in one run over six struck out eight, but he walked four. So it's stuff like that. Like it's a lot of, there's a lot of inconsistencies with him so far and it's showing up in his season long lines. I'll give him a holding, but if he continues the way that he's been going next month, then I'm going to have to give him the, the down, the dreaded down. Yeah. He's holding treading towards down for me as well. I think I'm going to hold because he's not getting blown up either. It's just kind of meh. Yeah. And, Holding is kind of mess sometimes, you know, unless you're really good and you just stay really good. But mm-hmm. the biggest kind of, thing, well, yeah, 
the biggest thing is that he should be doing better. I mean, he was drafted in the sixth round, fifth round, whatever it was. But Third. Oh, geez, never mind. Maybe I might give him a down then. He should be doing a lot better than he is. He was never like a star. He was never like a star necessarily per se. And he never performed, I guess, to his fullest potential. But he was a college player. He has experience facing good hitters in a, in a solid division. And he shouldn't be doing meh against a lot of guys who are getting the first full season stateside, you know, exposure. You know, so yeah. I'm switching switching into a stock down, actually. I, I think I'm still going to hold just because, like, I'm not ready to just go full stock down on him yet. But mm-hmm. also, like I said, it's it's trending right towards down. He had a yeah. nice start to June, and hopefully it's just him getting used to pro ball, but we'll see. All right, what do you got to go down, I think, which I hate because he was one of my bold predictions, but yeah. Yeah, I'm also going to go down. Hmm. All right. Um, 17, Jose Budo. So Budo is still striking guys out, but he's walking too many. He had an ERA of five, a FIP of, in the high fours in double A. Um, you can point to the BABIP and say it's a little bit higher than, than you'd expect, but it's a guy with a hittable fastball, and they typically run high BABIPs. Like, this is the Jordan Yamamoto problem. The I'm failing to come up with another example. Uh, basically, all these prospects who have an interesting secondary but lack the fastball, I think that's that's part of what we're still seeing here. The Riley William. Looks, yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, the curve's still possibly decent. I would like to see it maybe more. And like he's spamming it a decent amount. We don't have the uh, the pitch level information for Double A. Um, there is some evidence that you can get away as a two pitch guy as a starter these days, and maybe he should just be spamming that curveball even more uh, and turn into a five and dive guy in that way, uh, or maybe even as a relief arm. Um, I think the stock's down a little bit though, right? Like he needed to come out and kind of dominate Double A and and quiet a lot of the doubts about him, and he's not doing that. Uh, a lot of the same problems exist, and even though he might be like third or f- third in line for a start at this point for the Mets, the the stock's down. Yeah, same. Yeah, stock down. Pretty easily for me. Yep. All right. Um, next is number eighteen, Josh Walker, and he is still injured. So, good luck on those recovery efforts, Josh Walker. Number nineteen, Thomas Zapucky. Oh, no. Um, well, this is an Adam, like, I, I hinted at this before, but it's an Adam Aller situation. Um, because he honestly wasn't bad in the minors. Um, for some reason, baseball reference, because I guess because he made his major league debut, it wiped his, like, oh. his game log is only major league, so it's it's just the one game. So I'm going go to go to his, you have to go to his minor leagues page and then from his minor league page, then you go to his minor league stat game. Log. Steve, I was doing that and it was redirecting me to his major league one. And I was like, I don't care that much. I will just read oh, wow. individually. Um, Baseball reference. So there's a common theme with his starts. Um, he was never truly like awful at any of them in the minors. Um, in on May 3rd, 
He pitched four innings, gave up three runs. Um, on May 10th, he pitched four innings, he gave up zero runs, three hits. Um, May 15th, he pitched five innings, he gave up one earned run, two runs, three hits. On May 20th, he had a very weird start right before they thought they knew they were going to call him up, where he literally pitched to, like, he threw one inning um, for some reason. I don't know why they did that. It was very strange when it was happening against Buffalo. He just pitched one inning and didn't give up anything, like, pitched a scoreless, a perfect inning. And then, on May 25th, he made his Major League debut. And in 1.1 innings... Not he, he had. Oh, I, I'm going to talk about it because I think it has to. I think we have to add that in here. He uh, gave up seven hits, gave up nine runs, gave up four home runs. He did he strike out anyone? I'm I'm assuming he struck out at least someone. He struck out two, which is honestly a little high. I, that would have been. I would have set the under on that. To the tune of a 60.75 ERA, which is maybe the funniest ERA I've ever seen. But yeah, then he went back down and he threw four innings again in a start on June 1st and gave up two runs. So like at this point, he just doesn't go more than five innings. He usually just goes four. Five is his season high in any mm-hmm. level. So I don't know. The arm just might be cooked at this point. I think I think it's cooked for major league utility. Um, he very clearly gets minor league hitters out. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't get lit up in the minors. He, the most runs he's given up in the minor leagues is three in a single start. So that's not necessarily a bad thing that you could get triple-A hitters out, but he should never see a major league mound again, probably. <laughs> like, that sounds harsh, but when All you right. do that, you know? Yeah, so instead of instead of grading Zapucky on, you know, stock up, stock down, or mm-hmm. holding, here's a hypothetical situation for you guys. You have a spot start. Would you rather start Thomas Zipaki or would you rather start Akil Morris? Zipaki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably. I don't I don't think I, I don't think I spot start Zipaki again this year though. I'd like no, to start Zebuto or something. And yeah, try. I mean I definitely agree that I think he is he, he serves no real major league utility at this point. He just doesn't look like that. He has the ability to get out at any. The stuff isn't there. Like no, it's yeah. like the 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 you you see it. You saw it against the Giants. Like the Giants are a good team. Don't get me wrong. Like he didn't go out there and do this against the uh, Pirates or something. But also, if you're going to get major league hitters out, you're not going to give up nine runs. You know, like the worst starters. Trevor Williams pitched against the Dodgers right now and gave up two runs. You know what I mean? Like. And we don't think he's necessarily a good major league player, but that's a that's a guy with major league utility. Like he can give you a almost quality start against the Dodgers. Like Zapaki would have given up like thirteen runs in an inning against them. You know, like yeah, that's just yeah. the difference between uh, even a, tri- a quad A or triple A guy and what a, a bad major leaguer. You know, or a middling one. Yep. All right, number 20, Brian Matoire. Matoire has been hurt all of May. Was it all of May? Okay, I knew he was hurt. I didn't know this was all of May. I think he, played, right, like, so. on, he played on, like, the first. Mm. I don't care. He's been on the IL, the seven-day IL since. Stop yeah, down hurt. because he's not here, and he needs to be given his age and point of the developmental trajectory. All right, so now number 21, Junior Santos. 
Uh, Junior Santos pitched in four games. He went one and one with a 3.60 ERA in 20 innings. He gave up 17 hits, eight earned runs, and 10 walks against 15 strikeouts. I'm going to go down. Too many walks, not enough strikeouts. I agree. Yep. I'm gonna I mean, it's difficult up. for me to say down because I was already low on him. Yeah. I feel like he was just so bad in April that any kind of showing any kind of signs <laughs> of life is a is a slap up. But also fair. On on the whole, though, I agree that he has nothing has really moved the needle in terms of him getting better. But for the for the comparative May from April, I think he is a stock up. Um, number twenty two, Travis Blankenhorn. Uh, Travis Blankenhorn has had a rough. Uh, a, a rough year. He got outrunned off the 40-man a while back and got went unclaimed. And then in May, in 71 plate appearances, he hit 182, 239, 242, with a grand total of four extra base hits in 71 plate appearances and 12 hits in, in general. Just He did walk three times, but, I mean, like... He had some major league utility last year. I think he's very much lapped in terms of if guys get hurt. I don't know when he gets called up, if he does at all. He started off June very hot, going. Uh, he's hitting 429, 529, 571 in June. So maybe, maybe April and May were just two rough months for him. A rough 140 plate appearances or so. But I mean, he was bad. Like that's just the long and short of it. Yeah, well, he he added two homers today, so. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yep. So, so, like, he's been he's been hot to start June. So maybe maybe he was hurt. Maybe something. Who who the hell knows? We get so little information about these guys sometimes that um, it's really hard to tell. But he could also have been slumping. Like, we've seen better players than Travis Blankenhorn slump for extended periods of time and get out of it afterwards. So hopefully, June is the start of him getting out of it, and he like helps the Mets at some point or something, or helps Syracuse get better. Oh, here's hoping. Um, next is an equally thrilling player, number 23, Carlos Cortez. Well, Carlos Cortez, who none of us like, uh, <laughs> as a prospect, to be clear, um, has been absolutely awful in AAA all season, uh, to the point where he had a 26 way to runs created plus in AAA. Oh, and he was boy. basically putting up something in line with that for the first two, three weeks of May, and uh, they demoted him to double-A. And it's been du- better in double-A, because it'd be pretty hard to be worse, but it's still only a 116 weighted from a dude who's basically a bat-only profile. <laughs> Feels unfair to say stock down, but stock down? Stock down. there is always oh, one thing he's supposed to do, and it's hit a little bit, and he has not hit at all. It's stock down, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel biased because I never thought there was much of a major league player there, but, I mean, you get, you got, he got demoted, didn't he? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm yeah. no longer confident he uh, reaches the Danny Mono threshold of <laughs> appearing in a major league game. A, vi- of a passable viability, yes. <clears throat> Probably not. All right. Uh, number 24, Levi David. Uh, it was not a great May for Levi David. He went one and one in one, two, three, four, five, six games pitched um, through three point two innings, faced twenty hitters, struck four of them out, walked nine of them. That's insane. 
uh, and gave up five earned runs. That's a 12.27 ERA in the month of May. Uh, so, yeah, let's go down. What is his walks per nine and strikeouts per nine? Because those are very funny numbers. Uh, walks per nine, 22.09. Strikeouts per nine, 9.82. He's walked 45% of the batters he's faced. That's that insane. insane. Yep. Don't worry, though. He's got a 9.47 FIP. So oh, okay. a little, a little <laughs> yeah, Is that so good? I'm so that disappointed good? that my Curve Your Enthusiasm nickname is going to be forever wasted. Mm. Yeah, I think out of everybody, he might have been he, – he might be having the most disappointing season of of everyone just because it is just so bad. And, like, like he was very clearly geez. a reliever. So, like, yeah. how old is he, Ken? Because I'm sure you're looking at his stuff right now. Uh, almost 23. So, like, a 23-year-old reliever that you draft could kind of fly through the system, you know, mm-hmm. and, and help within a few years. And, like, you never want to draft that way because that, that really caps your ceiling because, yeah, like, like Colin Holderman's been great, but he's probably a sixth or seventh inning guy, so that doesn't really move the needle much for your overall team, and it helps in, like, the, like a different sense and, like, an individual level. But... If he's walking like this, then who knows when, if he's ever going to be a guy like that. So then at this point, like, he can't even help St. Lucie because he's walking so many people. Right, you know? that's, the, that, that's the crazy part is it was such an effective pitch, the curveball, in NCAA and against hitters now. They just – it's nothing. And again, the same thing with like like we mentioned with Mike Vassell. I mean, it's and, not necessarily that it's nothing; it's that he can't locate it in the zone at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, but like it's a good pitch. He just has I would, no idea where it's going ever. For me, I would think that these would be problems you see in Double A and Triple A when you face more seasoned hitters. Like, right? I'm right. I'm surprised that hitters are at almost. I don't want to say St. Lucie in college is the same level because it's not. But especially, he was a smaller conference guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he didn't go to like a big school or anything. He wasn't like Northwestern State or something. Yeah, the Southland Conference. Yeah, yeah, like that's that it's D one, but it's small time compared to like other things. He's not an SEC or some shit. Like but if the like, SEC is advanced day, this is probably like complex level. Yeah, and like maybe a little low. But. He should be in St. Lucie based on how he pitched at quote unquote what the complex level would be. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm surprised that hitters are already laying off of it the way that they are. And it worries me for how he would improve on that. Because you would think that, like, if it it is a good pitch, it's not a terrible pitch that they're just flailing at it even if it's a ball, you know? Right, but I'm sure at this the, point can... the scouting report is don't swing when he's on the yeah, mound. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Because these guys have game plans too, and... I'm sure when, when you roll up and you see Levi David walking 45% of the batters he faces, it's like you better not swing until there's, like, <laughs> two strikes on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. put the take the sign on. The likelihood of him throwing three strikes in an at-bat is, is not very high. Like, there's a 50 there's three strikes before he throws four balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Lucas, it's, it's a numbers point. game, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, right. Lucas, you are our stats guy. Like, what are the exact odds of him throwing three consecutive strikes? Um, low. <laughs> Someone pay Lucas a lot of money to tell you low, high in your yes, stuff. Yes, yes. For the, 
for in lane. Secret and is I just flip a coin between low and high. <laughs> it's crazy though, man. Um, did we even? I don't. I stock down for me. I didn't know if we got. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. And last but not least is Robert Dominguez, and he is still hurt. So yep, he's on he the sixty-day IL. So he's hurt, hurt. He gets a uh, a medical pass here. He is still tall, from what I understand. So all right, that's good. So they didn't remove his shins then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he kill Fitty Man? <laughs> I wonder if anyone is going to get. Oh, King of the Hill, of course. Yes, yes. Colonel Cotton. All right. Well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvahost343. Ken is at KenLavin91. And Thomas is at SadMetSeason. S-Z-N. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening. So, until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.